Hallelujah. We'll just pray. Thank you, Father, for drawing near to us, for rescuing us from the darkness, for baptizing us in the light of your life. Thank you, Father, that we walk in this earth with your voice, with your spirit echoing inside of us all the time. Let there be light. Thank you, Father, that your light shines forth inside of us, that it comes pouring out of us like a well of living water. Thank you, Father, that you comfort us with the word of truth. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Um, some of you are thinking, well, shouldn't we preach the, the whole message about the day of Pentecost? Well, you could, but we will talk about the Holy Spirit. And so it would fit anyway. Um, but after last week talking about Matthew 16 so much, um, I thought we're going to hang out there for a, a quick second, or as the young kids like to say, a hot minute. We're going to just pick it back up in Matthew 16 and look closely at binding and loosing. What binding and loosing is and what it means that Jesus has given us the, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And those things are actually really closely related. The, Jesus giving us the, the keys to the kingdom of heaven and the binding and loosing. And in fact, he connects the two. He said, Jesus says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And then he's, he goes on to say that through that, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Right? Now, I'd already, I already exposed my shame and uncovered my nakedness and, and made myself vulnerable in, in you guys' eyes by telling you I was charismatic. <laughs> I'm joking. But back in the day, my idea of binding and loosing would have been, we're going to get to church in the morning and we're going to bind all the devils. We're going to bind the walls, right? We're going to anoint the walls with prayers. We're going to go out in the parking lot. We're going to bind and loose the devils. We're going to bind the devils in the, the sky, right? That, that was my idea of binding and loosing. And I don't say you can never bind a devil, right? That's, that's not the point that I'm making. But what we want to look at is what does that actually look like? And, and what does actually bind the devil, right? What is it that actually binds the devil, right? When Jesus thinks of binding the devil, what is he thinking about that? And what is having the keys to the kingdom of heaven? What does that have to do with binding the devil? Or loosing? What is loosing about? What does that have to do with it? So we're going to take a look at that as soon as I can figure out my iPad. There's so much more there. And what I realized is that God wasn't despising me, but I was busy with an immature understanding of binding and loosing. It was like I was a young kid that was like, yay, binding and loosing, and then we binding and loosing everything, you know? You ain't got to cleanse the church when you come into it, because heaven is inside of you, and the strong man's already been bound inside of you, and the kingdom of heaven has already been loosed inside of you, right? Jesus didn't go around looking for the demons. I don't know if we realize that. He didn't go around looking for them. Where are they at? Are they, under the, are they under the seat? Are they in the walls? Are they in the sky? That's not what he was doing. But he walked around in the light of a life that brought them out wherever they were and wherever they had shut up shop in somebody and were tormenting them. And then the light of that life bound the strong man in them and loosed life and removed the devil. Right? And so, man, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting where I'm at and what I'm doing. I will. I just want to sing that song now. Maybe you hear what she's saying. Do you hear how she's talking from the person of God and telling us? That's God telling you he hears you. And he's coming. He's coming for you. And he's bringing hell to the death that is tormenting you. And he's coming to consume the darkness that has tried to come upon your life. That's what that song is saying to you. She's prophesying. That's prophesying. That's true prophesying. You see? You desire a gift, rather you desire that you could prophesy. That you could speak on behalf of what's in the heart of the Lord for people. Mm. Glory to God. So, binding and loosing having the keys to the kingdom of heaven. All you guys have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And so, whatsoever 
you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And we'll just read those verses. Matthew 16, um, I guess we'll, we'll pick up from like verse 13. I think that's a good place to... When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, <laughs> that's not the proper pronunciation, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That's a big key when you want to go and study these verses on your own. Notice Jesus makes a point to call himself the Son of Man. He calls himself that. And he wants to know, who do people say that he, the Son of Man, is? I'm the Son of Man. What do people say about me? What do they say? And that's a big point to what he's trying to teach right here. If you don't get that part, you'll miss the whole teaching. And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. What? And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon, and Simon Barjona. Simon Bar-Jonah means that he's the son of John, or the son of Jonah, so the son of man. So Jesus comes and calls Peter back also the son of man. Blessed are you, Simon, who is also the son of man, is what he says to him. And then he says, for flesh and blood hath not revealed that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. What, what Jesus is saying there, he isn't saying that a man hasn't revealed that to him, although I wouldn't find fault if someone wanted to say that. I don't disqualify that because I don't think it contradicts this simple truth. What Jesus is saying is, you hadn't been able to look on me in a flesh and blood body and determine that I'm the son of the living God. It's only by the spirit of the Father in heaven that that has been revealed to you. Because if you look upon me and what I'm clothed in right now, I've come in the likeness of sinful flesh. I have a perishable body. And so this perishable body you see me clothed in could have never told you that I'm the Son of God because you don't see immortality in this body. And God the only immortal. So to be His Son would be to possess immortality. And Jesus said you could never look upon my flesh and blood body and sort out that I'm the Son of God. So it's got to be that the Father has told you. And blessed are you for hearing the Father. Do you know how nice it is when you hear the Father's voice? I know like the world has taught us to be afraid of hearing the Father's voice. You know, like it's loud thunder or lightning, and it's, it's scary. No, man, if you're really hearing the voice of the Father, it's like, oh, that's nice. It's like in Colorado when there's a big blizzard and the snowflakes are as big as your head. And <laughs> no, you think I'm joking. Where there's like a blizzard, and I mean, they're softly flowing, on, and it's calm and quiet in that place and you you snowboarding all day and you go and get in a hot tub that's outside and it's like 10 degrees and these heavy snowflakes are falling on your head but underneath your body's warm it's like oh it's, it's like a comforting a calming i promise you you never felt the kind of stillness that you feel when you're up at 11,000 feet in veil and you're in the back bowls and it's just blizzarding right it's like in that place you can know the glory of god Right? Like Paul even said, you can look into creation and experience God. You can experience the stillness of God in that place. So Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, remember from last week, the gates of hell. The Greek word for hell is Hades. Okay? And so when you think of the gates of hell, it's translated Hades or the place of the dead or the grave. Okay? Talking about death. It's talking about the grave. Jesus says in another place, I think in John's gospel, that Satan was a murderer from the beginning. Satan was a murderer from the beginning. That Satan was always after stealing our inheritance. He was envious of what God bestowed upon us. And he wanted to exalt himself above us. And so he was all the time living like a thief in our lives, trying to steal from us, wanting to kill us, and ultimately completely destroy us. 
So that's what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about the gates of hell. He's talking about the purposes of Satan and his system of death. He's talking about the grave, death. And so Jesus says the gates of hell, the purposes of the devil, the grave, the death that's in the world cannot stand against the revelation that the son of man is the son of God. That's what he says. Satan's intent, his murdering ways, this grave he's brought forth, this death that he brought into the earth to steal from you, to kill from you, to destroy you, all those things. I don't care how mighty your carnal mind is telling you that they are. Those things cannot stand against the revelation of God inside of man. <laughs> That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. So Jesus, what he's telling these guys is death cannot keep him in the grave. <laughs> I'm the son of man. You see me? I'm a man. But I'm the son of God. In the grave, the death that's in the world can't keep me in the grave. It can't keep me in the grave because the Father will love me out of the grave and he will love me into his life and his immortality. That's what Jesus is teaching these guys. The, fire, the Father will bind death in the flesh and he will loose his eternal life and his immortality. He will let that loose in the earth through the body of my resurrection. That's what he's saying. That's what he's teaching those guys there. And he said, and that will declare to the world. When the Father binds death in my physical body, when he removes it to the uttermost, and he lets loose his immortality inside of my physical body, and it's revealed that I'm the Son of God, when that happens, it will declare to the world that the sons of man are the sons of God. That's what he's saying. And the purposes of Satan and his system of death cannot stand against the revelation of God in the sons of man. So God's going to come and reveal himself in you. That's what Jesus is saying. God's going to reveal himself in you. The way he's going to reveal himself in you is by pouring out his Holy Spirit into you, and that Holy Spirit is going to manifest immortality inside of your physical body. That immortality will bind death. <laughs> and will let loose God's life in you. And the purposes of the devil, the grave, the death, the place of the dead, his system cannot prevail against you. Right? That's what he's trying to teach. Man, it is hot, huh? You guys pardon me one second. I will rescue you. Okay, here we are. We're back. <laughs> Hallelujah. You guys seen that? So when Jesus says, upon this rock will I build my church, the rock that he's saying he'll build his church on is the revelation that the sons of man are the sons of God. That's what, his church is his body. That's what will fill out his body is the revelation of God inside of man through his spirit of life coming and dwelling in them. And he says, Satan cannot stand against that because my life manifesting inside of human flesh, it actually removes death, it binds death, and it looses an incorruptible life. And the purposes of Satan, his death can't prevail against that thing. Right? That's what he's trying to tell those guys. Glory to God. If you look at 1 John 3.8, John says, He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Same kind of idea that the, the works of the devil will not be able to prevail against the Son of God when he's manifested, <laughs> right? Same kind of deal. Just real quick about the sin part that it's talking about there. I know we've talked about this a million times, but who knows who's watching online. The moment we say he that sins, he that commits sin is of the devil, the first thing we think about is bad behavior. That's not what it's talking about. It's not saying he who has bad behavior is of the devil. 
That's not what he's talking about, right? So what he's saying is, he that re- the, whole, the whole book is about the testimony God has given us in Jesus and that God has given us his life as a gift, free from our works in Jesus, right? That the life, there's a life that overcomes death. This life God has in himself and God has given us that life freely as a gift. And he who has the son has life. He who calls upon the name of the Father by seeing that he has come to give us his life in Jesus, right? That's what the whole letter of John is about. So when it says he who sins, what it means is to reject the testimony God has given in Jesus. That's what sin is. You refuse to be persuaded by the truth of the gospel. So he who rejects the testimony God has given in Jesus, right? Which testimony is that God has come to give us his life free from our works. And that life is found in Jesus. He who rejects the truth that life is only found in Jesus and says to themselves, I will exalt myself unto life by the strength of my own hand, they are the ones that commit sin. That's what it means to commit sin. Right? He goes on to say, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. What does that mean? Well, from the beginning, the devil looked at himself and he looked at the beauty of himself and he said, there's strength in my beauty. Look how beautiful I am after all. Look at the multitude of my branches. I'm glorious. And what he did there is his heart became lifted up in himself and he said, I will be exalted by the life I can gather to myself. Forget the life I can have from God. I'm going to exalt myself above the sons of man. And the way I'm going to do it is by gathering life to myself. That's the sin he committed. He was lifted up in his heart. He saw that God was the giver of life. He said, forget that guy. I'm going to produce life myself. He committed sin. Right? So that's what sin there is. It means to reject the free gift of eternal life in Jesus. Okay? I can't help but say that every time we come upon that because there's so much confusion about that. If you don't understand what sin actually is, you'll really struggle with the whole gospel. And you'll do like Paul said. You'll be shadow boxing your whole life. you all the time be looking at your behavior trying to clean it up yourself. you all the time be judging yourself by your behavior. you all the time be judging everybody else by your behavior. And you'll never find the rest that God come to give you. Right? And so I want to get into that every time so we can know what sin is. Right? If you've believed on Jesus, guess what? The incorruptible seed that is God's life dwells inside of you. And that means you cannot sin. <laughs> that means you're sinless. Sinless. You're sinless. I said this a lot the last couple of weeks, I think. But do you know what to be sinless is? Again, we immediately jump to, well, but does that mean I won't do anything bad anymore? The wages of sin is death. To be sinless means to be cleansed from death once for all time. You've been washed clean from the death and the corruption that's in the earth once for all time. That's why John would go on to say, as Jesus is now, so are you in this world. How is Jesus is now? Sinless, meaning he's free from death, never to be able to die again. If you believe the testimony God's given in Jesus, that incorruptible seed of God's life dwells in you and you've been cleansed from death once for all time, you're sinless. You cannot sin. You want to release heaven? You want to see heaven released into your life? You want to see the power of heaven manifest inside of you? Then start being persuaded of what it means that you're sinless. I said you're sinless. It's been removed from you as far as the east is from the west. Do you see sin in Jesus? Whose life do you have? I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, though. Okay, so back to the verse. I I feel like we need to get some loudspeakers and we need to start telling the church they're sinless. Because their mind is all the time filled with their sin. And their mind is all the time filled with the death that's in the world. And that's what they're all the time thinking about. Instead of seeing they're sinless. And when they think, the reason they can't even get there is because when they think of sinless, they think of behavior. Well, no, 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 I can't be sinless. Look at all these bad deeds. No, but the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So to be sinless is to be without death. 
It's to be set free from death. <laughs> it says Jesus was raised from the dead, never to, be, never to die again. He was free from sin. It says to be freed from sin is to be raised up from the death that sin serves you with. Have you been raised from the dead that sin serves you with? Then you're sinless. Likewise, Paul would say, reckon yourselves to be dead to sin. But we're all of the time walking around, not talking about how we've been raised up out of death unto a life that can never die, but we're all the time walking around talking about our sin. And then out of the next breath, we talk about how we got to bring heaven to the earth. There ain't no sin in heaven. There ain't no death in heaven. And so you ain't bringing heaven to the earth by talking about the sin and the death as if it's in people. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Linda, I hear the voice of the prophet in my heart. It's been a while, but now I, that's three times, I think, in the last five minutes, huh? God bless Linda. One day God said, tell this guy to stop apologizing for himself. <laughs> I've been doing good until the last five minutes. Oh, so when John talks about the Son of God being manifested, he's not talking about Jesus coming in the likeness of sinful flesh. He's not talking about Jesus being born of a woman when he talks about the Son of God being manifested. That's not what he's talking about there. He's not talking about Jesus being born from Mary, like on Christmas where we celebrate the birth of Jesus as a human into the earth. When John's talking about the Son of God being manifested, he's talking about Jesus' physical body having been begotten by the Father's immortality. If you remember in the beginning of John's Gospel, he says, that which was from the beginning, which we have seen, which we have heard, which we have touched, which we have handled of the word of life. He's talking about Jesus having been raised from the dead. He's saying we touched a guy who had a physical body that had a life in it that even consumed death and removed it completely. He's talking about that when he says the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. He's talking about when Jesus came out of the grave free from death, having had death bound in his body and having the immortality of God loosed in his body. He says that Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Eternal, the word of a life that overcomes death is what destroys the works of the devil. The word of a life that overcomes death in the flesh is what destroys the works of the devil. The revelation of that kind of a life, the manifestation of that kind of a life inside of human beings is what destroys the works of the devil. The declaration of that kind of a life dwelling in human beings is what destroys the works of the devil. The tool the devil uses is death. And now you come talking about a life that overcomes death in the flesh. Do you know what you do? You destroy his tool, and therefore you destroy his work, and you destroy his ability to try to build a house inside of human beings and to build a home in this earth. You destroy it. Glory to God. So John, when he says the Son of God was manifested, he's talking about the promise of immortality manifesting in Jesus. We saw him. We saw it. If you go back to Matthew 16, Jesus talks about, who do you say I the son of man am? And Peter says, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus says the purposes of Satan cannot stand against the revelation that the son of man is the son of God. If you keep reading at the end of Matthew 16, Jesus says there's some here that will not die or taste death until they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. And he's talking about the very next chapter on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus' body is illuminated with the very glory of God. And Jesus is saying, Satan and his system of death, the tool that he uses, the death he uses to sting people, the death he uses to produce fear in people, the death he uses to produce labor and annoyances in people, it cannot stand against the manifestation of God's life inside of human beings. And that's actually the kingdom of God. That's actually what the kingdom of God is. And we'll get to that. But jumping back to... To Matthew, well, real quick, if you want to know what the works of the devil are, the works of the devil 
are the death and the corruption that's in the earth. And everything those things can produce in people, right? The death and the corruption that's in the earth is the father of everything that isn't born from life. And so that's the works of the devil. The death and the corruption he brought forth in the earth and then everything that can produce in people when it comes and stings them, right? That's the works of the devil. And so Jesus says the Son of Man was revealed as the Son of God in the resurrection for the purpose of destroying the works of the devil. That's what John's trying to say. The Son of Man was revealed to be the Son of God in the resurrection so that he could destroy the power that death and corruption had over human beings and that the strong man could then be bound in people's lives, right? And that heaven could manifest inside of people as they walk around in the earth. Glory to God. So the manifestation of the Son of Man as the Son of God destroys the works of the devil, right? And so that's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew. Now jumping back to Matthew, Jesus says, the works of the devil cannot stand against the revelation of God in human beings. When God manifests himself in human beings, the works of the devil cannot stand against that. Satan's system of sin and death cannot stand against an indestructible life. It can't stand against a life that is without beginning or end. Death can't affect a life like that. And so that's what Jesus is saying in Matthew. Satan's death, his work, the death and corruption he brought forth to sting people with cannot stand against God manifesting himself inside of human beings. Hallelujah. And then he says, and I will give you, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So Jesus is saying there, God's going to manifest his life in me in the resurrection. And through God doing that, it's going to declare that the sons of man are the sons of God. <laughs> and then I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And then whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, the keys to the kingdom of heaven, it's not a literal key Jesus is talking about there. It's not like a physical skeleton key that he comes and gives you. And he's like, here you go, buddy, wear it around your neck, and now you can open all the doors. <laughs> it's, that's, it's, not a, it's not a literal key he's talking about there. Although you could say it has the effect that a key would have in opening something. It has the effect, but it's not like a physical key. The key, this is the key that unlocks the kingdom of heaven. The key is the revelation that the sons of man are the sons of God. That's the key that unlocks the kingdom of heaven. When you see Jesus, the son of man, glorified in the immortality of the father's life, that will unlock the, the, the kingdom of heaven. That will unlock it, okay? That's what Jesus is talking about. That's the key that he's going to give them that's going to unlock the kingdom of heaven the revelation that the sons of man are the sons of God. The revelation that God is the father of mankind, that God's desire is unto us, that God has drawn near to us to claim us as his own, to join himself together with us. The revelation that God has made a place for us to dwell with him for all eternity in his house. The revelation that God has braided us together with himself and his incorruptible life. A life that condemns death in the flesh. A life that overcomes death in the flesh. A life that sends sin and the fruit that is in the earth because of sin away from people. That revelation will open heaven to you. That revelation will be a key to heaven for you. Opening heaven unto you. Showing you that the Father's will has always been to send sin and death away from you. That the Father's will has always been to remove death from you. That's the kingdom of heaven. Right? 
You guys following that? When, when you, again, Jesus is the Son of Man. When you see the Son of Man ascend to the right hand of God, the Son of Man, a man who was in the grave, when you see the Son of Man ascend to the right hand of God, and He's revealed, right? When the Son of Man goes to the right hand of God, and it's revealed, that he's the son of God, having inherited the very life and immortality of the Father, right? When you see all of that, heaven will be open to you. Me, you'll see into heaven. You'll see what's going on in there. And you'll see what the kingdom of God is all about in that moment. You'll see what all of the kingdom is about. You'll see what, what's in God's heart. You'll see what it's all about. Heaven will be open to you, meaning you'll see in there clearly. You'll see what's there clearly. You'll see the, the Father's will for all people is to remove their sin and to remove the infirmity from them, to send it away from them. You'll see that the Father's will is to loose eternal life in them. That's what you'll see, because you'll see Jesus there, and you'll see sin and death has been removed from him, and he was the son of man, and you'll see that eternal life has been loosed in him, and he's the son of man, and so now you're clearly looking into heaven and seeing what's going down in heaven. You're seeing the life that's in heaven. You're seeing what the Father's desire is by being able to look into heaven. You're seeing his desire for all people. You see there's no sin in Jesus. You see there's no death in Jesus. There's no sin in heaven. There's no death in heaven. You'll see that the accusation against God and against mankind is cast out. And you will know that the kingdom of God is upon you. What was the accusation of the evil one? God's not as he ought to be his father. He's actually holding out on you. He won't produce his life in you. And you're not as you ought to be as his kids. Because look at how you act. I mean, you post videos with captions with the F word. How can you be the son of, how can you be a son of God? How can you be a son? Right? So Jesus says, in that day, when you see the Son of Man revealed to be the Son of God, it will unlock heaven to you. It'll open it up to you, and you'll see that God has bound death in the flesh and that He's loosed His eternal life on people. He, and then you'll know that the kingdom of God is upon you now. The kingdom of God is upon you now. And you will become witnesses in the earth of what you see in heaven. The kingdom of God is found in glorified immortal flesh that can never die again. The kingdom of God is found in a life that overcomes death. The kingdom of God is found in a life that completely removes sin and death, that sends it away from people, that consumes weakness with strength, that removes strength our weakness, that consumes the weakness so much that there's no weakness left. The kingdom of God is found in that kind of a life. And then when you see that there's a human being that ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, and there's no weakness in him, there's no death in him, there's no sin in him, you're going to see exactly what the kingdom of God is all about. And you're going to see that because there's a human sitting there now, you're going to know the kingdom of God is here now. And you're going to become witnesses in the earth of what you see in heaven. You'll see sin and death bound in the flesh. And you'll see life loosed. You'll see the glory and immortality of God in Jesus. You'll see the fullness of the Godhead in Jesus bodily. You'll see there's no sin or death in his body anymore. And you'll declare what you see in heaven in the earth. <laughs> you'll be witnesses to all people. And you know what you'll witness to them? The sin and death that was against us has been bound. It's bound. It's not trying to be bound. It's the declaration that it has been bound. The sin and death that was against you, that was tormenting you, that is filling you with fear and anxiety, it's been bound. And the incorruptible life that you've always been longing for, 
It's been loosed upon you by God and the power of His Christ. And that destroys the works of the devil. That destroys the works of the devil. And what is the work of the devil? You know, it says that we're the place where God finds His rest. He wants to tabernacle with us and in us. Well, the devil just wants to copy God and mimic God, but do it with darkness. So the devil wanted to build himself a house, and he wanted us to be his house. And so he wanted to come and dwell in us with his death and his darkness. And through his death and his darkness dwelling in our house, he wanted to produce fear and anxiety and all his kind of a fruit. And so when we see that the devil has been bound, because death has been completely removed from the Son of Man, Jesus. And He's been revealed to be the Son of God, having the immortality of God inside of His body. We're going to see that the death in the world has been bound. And we're going to see the sin and death that torments people has been sent away from them. And we're going to see that God has loosed upon them the incorruptible life that they long for. And then we're going to walk around in the earth declaring that to all the people. That's bringing heaven to earth. You're declaring the life that is in heaven and you're declaring it in earth. That destroys the works of the devil. Right? You can see what the kingdom of God, Jesus is the word of God about the kingdom. The resurrected Jesus is the word of God about what the kingdom is all about. That's the word. Whosoever, whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, if you look at that the way it's written in the English, it can sound like it means um, we're going to bind some things on earth. And then when we bind some things on earth, they're going to be bound in heaven. But that's not how it reads in the Greek. In the Greek, what it's all about is letting heaven loose in the earth by declaring what is true in heaven in the earth. You wanna, we talk all the time about how we want to see the kingdom manifest. We talk all the time about how we want to see heaven manifest in the earth. I mean, Jesus prayed, Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The way that heaven is released into the earth is through the declaration of what is true in heaven inside of the earth. And so what is true in heaven? The man, Jesus Christ. He is truth. I am the truth that is the way unto life. And so the way you release heaven into the earth is by declaring what is true in heaven inside of the earth. And so what it's actually saying there is something has already been bound in heaven. Something has already been loosed in heaven. Death has been bound in heaven. There's no death or sin in heaven. The accusation of the evil one is cast out. And something's been loosed in heaven. The immortality and the spirit of God's life has been loosed in heaven on all flesh. And as we walk around in earth declaring what's bound in heaven and declaring what's loosed in heaven, declaring what is true in heaven, as we walk around and declare that in the earth, what will happen is, is that will bind the same death that's bound in heaven in the earth. And it will loose the same life that's loosed in heaven in the earth. That's what it's talking about there. There's a certain life in heaven, don't you know? It's the kind of life that binds death. It's the kind of life that destroys the works of the devil. It destroys death and corruption. It binds death and corruption. It sends weakness away from people. It sends infirmity away from people. It sends sin away from people. And when you walk around in the earth declaring what you see in heaven... Because you see a man there that's sinless. As you walk around and declare that man in the earth, a man who has a life in himself that has overcome the grave, as you walk around and declare a life that has overcome the grave, you're binding death in people's lives. You're forbidding it in people's lives. And you're loosing the immortality and the incorruptible life of God on them. Let there be life is what you're doing. That's how you bring heaven into the earth. That's actually how Jesus brought heaven into the earth. If you notice, he walked around doing what? Forgiving sin. <laughs> he walked around binding the strong man. If you look in the ancient Hebrew, to bind and loose, it, 
It's, it just means to forbid something. You forbid something by an indisputable authority. And you permit something by an indisputable authority. They used that kind of lang language in ancient Hebrew. It was like a, a slang that they used. And it's no accident that they used that language in Matthew because that's the gospel to the house of Israel. And so binding and loosing meant something to them. And so Jesus says, whatever you see has been forbid in heaven. Declare it forbidden in the earth. And whatever you see has been permitted in heaven. Declare it to be permitted in the earth. Right? And so God has forbid sin in our lives. He's forbidden our lives from death. That's what it means to forbid sin in our lives. He's come and forbid death from being able to destroy our lives. He's come and forbid the whole thing altogether. He's forbidden the destruction of our lives. He said, I refuse to allow their lives to be destroyed. He's forbidden the sin and death that was against us. And the indisputable authority that he's forbidden death, the death that came against our lives, the indisputable authority that he's forbidding it with is the indestructible life he has in himself that he manifested in Jesus. That's what he's forbidden it by. And he's granting us eternal life by the righteousness of one man, Jesus. Believing on the love of the Father for him. That's how he's granting eternal life. Binding and loosing. You bind death, you loose eternal life. How do you do that? You declare the man who has a life in himself that overcame the grave. You declare the man who is clothed in a, a body that sin and death has been completely removed from. So you're declaring the word of a life that conquers death. So people in this earth are being tormented by death. Now you see in heaven there's a life that overcomes death even in the body. And now you start walking around in the earth declaring a life that overcomes death in the flesh. That binds the effect that death is having on people. And now you declare that life. And that releases the power of an indestructible life upon these people. And now heaven is invading earth because you're declaring the life in heaven in earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. John chapter 20, verse 21 says, Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sin you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sin you retain, they are retained. Now, all Jesus is saying is, in the same way that I was walking around able to forgive sin, you also are going to be walking around doing that. He's saying the Father sent me to forgive sin in the earth. And in the same way the Father sent me, I'm now releasing you in the earth. And your ministry is to send sin and death away from people and to declare that the Father has sent sin and death away from them already. That's the ministry that you've been given. The church is supposed to be in the earth declaring that sin and death has been removed. They're supposed to be in the earth declaring that God has loosed his immortality on all flesh. They're supposed to be binding the strong man. Well, the tool of the strong man is death. And then he stings people with death and that brings forth the carnal mind in them. And that causes them to start laboring and toiling to try to gather life to themselves. And now that fills their whole life with the works of the flesh. Well, how are you going to bind the strong man? You're going to come and remove the death or bind the death that he's using to fill people with fear. And so how are you going to bind death? You declare a life that binds death. And then the people all of a sudden start living like death's been removed from them. Death isn't reigning over me anymore. The death that's in this world can't hold me in the grave. The death that's in this world can't stand against God manifesting his life in me. And they start living like that. I mean, we look at the early church and we talk all the time how, well, we want to get the results of the early church. We need to be doing what the early church is doing. We say that out of our mouths and our mouths betray that we're talking from the carnal mind because we don't really want what the early church wanted. Because you know what they did? They sneered at death. They looked at death and they saw it as bound. They didn't see it as something that could take them out. They looked at it the way God would look at death. Do you think God's like, oh no, death? 
Because he knows should he come upon death, there's a life in him that binds death. And so Jesus was with the Father in heaven. He saw the Father's heart towards all people. He saw it was the Father's will to remove sin and death from all people. The Father was in him and he was in the Father. He saw that there was a life he shared with the Father that binds death and removes weakness and infirmity from people. And he began walking around in the earth declaring the life that he shared with the Father from the beginning. And he began declaring the way that it sends sin and death away from people. And he began declaring, there's a life in me that looses you from your infirmity. Woman, you've been loosed from your weakness. Life is here. The kingdom of God is upon you. Mm. Mm. So Jesus said, you open the kingdom of heaven by telling people their sin's been removed. So Jesus says, I was sent by the Father to open the kingdom of heaven. And the way that I open the kingdom of heaven to them is by declaring that their sin's been removed. That there's a life in me that sins sin away. He says, now, in the same way the Father sent me, just as I was forgiving sin and sending away the wages of sin that were reigning over people, the judgment, the condemnation that the serpent had hanging over these people's heads that were causing their backs to be hunched over, that were causing their bodies to be filled with weakness, that were causing them to be filled with fear. In the same way the Father sent me to send that away from people, so am I sending you. You will be in the earth witnessing of the life that's in heaven. And that will come and send the death that's reigning over people away from them. It will let loose the life of God inside of them and that will heal them from the weakness of the flesh. It will heal them from the infirmity of the flesh. It will heal them from the flesh's inability to produce life and it's only able to produce death. It will heal them from that. That's what he's saying. Those are the disciples. They started the church. Here's Jesus telling them what their ministry is. To forgive sin. Not to impute sin. To remove it. To declare that it has been removed. <laughs> and they're doing that by an indisputable authority. And the indisputable authority they're declaring the forgiveness of sin through is the indestructible life that manifested in the Son of Man, Jesus. That's the authority. They see that that life forgives sin. <laughs> that gives us the authority. Bam! <laughs> There's strength. When you see sin's been removed for you. Whatever weakness has come upon your life, it's on account of the death that has been the world because of sin. And when you see that there's a life, when you hear about a life that overcomes death in the flesh, man, the weakness will be removed from you and you'll be filled with the very strength of God. Where your body might be weak, but your body won't be animated by the weakness. Your body will be animated by the strength of God's life. And you begin walking around in the earth testifying of a life that overcomes death. And all the people that feel scared and naked and ashamed because of the death they see in the world, they'll find themselves made straight. They'll find their crooked back popped open. They'll find their infirmity loosed from them. Uh. That's how we bind sin in people's lives. That's how you bind sin in their lives. You don't come and tell them stop acting like that. You see, it's death producing that in them. And now you come upon them and you tell them, God has sent the wages of their sin away from them. Well, by what authority do you do that, Jesus? By the authority of a life that overcomes death. That's by what authority I do it. And Jesus could see into heaven. We see into heaven that there's a life that overcomes death. And that has given us the authority to send sin away from people because there's a life that conquers death. Hallelujah. That's how you bring heaven into the earth. That's how you release heaven into people's hearts. Witnesses of an incorruptible life. <laughs> we'll finish with this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28 and 29. This is Jesus talking. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God... What's the Spirit of God? The Spirit of life. If I cast out devils by the power of God's indestructible life dwelling in me, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. 
Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? <laughs> you see what Jesus is saying there? Who's the strong man? The devil. The strong man's tried to build a house in the earth. The house that he's built in the earth, he's used his death to build it. And so he's got all his goods in the house that he's built. Fear, anxiety, stress, pain, laboring and toiling, a heavy yoke of bondage trying to produce life. He's got all his things there. Well, Jesus says, comes and says, well, if I cast this, the, the devil out, then you know that God is with you and upon you. Because how could I cleanse the house unless the strong man was first bound? And so the devil tries to shut up shopping people. And the way he gets into people's hearts is through the death in the world. He points to the death in the world, and now he uses fear. He tries to fill their hearts with fear. When we talk about the devil getting into your heart, I'm not talking about the horned guy with the tail. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about him filling your heart with fear. That's how the devil gets into your heart. He overcomes your heart with fear. And I don't mean you feel fear and it comes and it goes. I mean like you dwell in fear. That's what he does. He comes to set up shop inside of your house, your temple. He comes to make your temple his temple. And the way that he does it is by filling you with fear. And the thing he uses to do that is death. And once he gets that going on, he's got a house full of goods. He's got you laboring and toiling trying to produce life. And you can't produce life by your own works. So do you know what you do produce? Death. The fruit of death. Stealing, backbiting, the works of the flesh. And now those are all the things going on in your house. So we come in to bind the devil that's trying to build a house in people. You know how we bind that devil? We come in, we're witnesses of the resurrection. We are witnesses in the earth of the resurrection. And I don't mean like a historical witness, like we were there when Jesus came out of the grave. We're witnesses in the sense that we see the resurrected Jesus seated at the right hand of God, and we see he has a life that overcomes the grave. And so now we see the strong man binding people or messing up people's lives, trying to destroy their lives with the death that's in the world, and we come binding the strong man by declaring the life that manifested in the resurrection of Jesus. That cleans the house. It cleans their house from the fear. And now the fear's been removed because we first bound the strong man and we first bound the death that he uses to bring forth fear in their house. And now that cleanses the house from all the goods that the strong man was producing in their house. And it doesn't leave their house clean for 10 more demons to come back, but it cleans their house and it occupies their house with an incorruptible life or an incorruptible seed. And now that seed is all the time keeping their house clean. Keeping the strong man bound. Every time the strong man comes knocking on the door, trying to get back in with fear by pointing at the death that's in the world, we have an incorruptible seed in us that testifies to us that death has been bound. We're sinless. And now we're believers. Because we see heaven. And now we start declaring what we see in heaven. A life has bound death. And we declare that life and it binds death in the earth. That's what it means to declare the kingdom of God. The kingdom is come. To declare the kingdom is come is declare the life that overcomes death is here. It is upon us. It has been let loose on us the day of Pentecost. The sin and death that was against us, that was tormenting us, it's been bound in heaven. And now we're going to declare in earth that it's bound. And then you just start seeing people get healed from whatever's tormenting them. John come and said, in, 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 I think third John, Beloved, I pray that your body or your health prospers even as your soul prospers. So what he talks about there is I pray that as your heart has the fear removed from it, your body will also start prospering. Because it's fear and those kinds of things that actually are the root of most sickness that people experience. Stress and fear. And so you come, hey, it's great to get a miracle at one spot, but what good is it I get a miracle and now 10 more sicknesses come back because we never cleaned the house from fear. Right? The gospel rebukes the devourer. 
That's what it does. It rebukes the devourer. It declares a life that not only can't be devoured, but that devours the devourer. <laughs> That's what it does. And people start living from heaven by living from an incorruptible life. And now they start declaring that life to other people. And it binds the devil. Revelation 12 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Who did they overcome? Satan. The strong man. The devil. It says they overcame him by what? The, the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Well, if you look at that, what it's saying is they bound Satan. They bound Satan and the death he accuses with by declaring the blood of God's Lamb has sent sin away from them. <laughs> they bound Satan by declaring the blood of God's Lamb has removed sin from them. Devil comes pointing at the death. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. Look how your life is corrupted here. Look how it's corrupted there. Look at how it could be corrupted here. Look how it can be corrupted there. Look at the corruption here. Look at the corruption there. Look at the corruption here. Look at all the corruption. Your mind's swimming with the corruption. He's trying to build a house inside of you. He's trying to fill you with this fear. And now Revelation comes and says, you bind him by declaring, the blood of God's lamb has removed death from me. <laughs> That's how you rebuke the devourer. Now, you don't have to say all those words to rebuke the devourer. But for so long, what we've been doing is just practicing. We've seen that there is such a thing as a miracle. And then we just practice in miracles, not knowing where they come from. And we saw some things. Who knows if God brought it forth, if we brought it forth ourselves. But when your mind is filled with what you're doing, when you send something away from somebody, and your mind is filled with an incorruptible life, your mind is filled with the knowing that sin's been removed from them. I promise you, if you're praying for people thinking sin hasn't been removed from them, there's no power in that. If you're busy telling people about their sin, that's not where the kingdom of heaven is found. That's, the king, that's opening the keys to the kingdom of heaven. There's a life in heaven that overcomes death. Human beings didn't see themselves as being able to access that life. Jesus said, I'm the son of man. When you see me ascend, when I ascend to the right hand of God, and it's revealed that the Son of Man is the Son of God, it's going to open heaven and the life that's in heaven to you. And you all of a sudden going to see there's a life that removes sin, that removes death. And you're going to see that the Father has poured it out on you as a free gift. And now you're going to start walking around in the earth witnessing the life you see in heaven in the earth. You're going to walk around in the earth and when you see death tormenting people, you're going to speak about a life that overcomes death and that's going to bind death in their lives. It's going to bind the effect of sin in their lives. It's going to send weakness away from them. It's going to send fear away from them. It's going to loose strength inside of them. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what, the, that's what he means, the keys to heaven. Where you, you call on forth the life that's in heaven you're calling it forth in the earth simply by declaring it. Just by declaring it. Not by trying to make it happen. Not by saying, life come forth. <laughs> and then we tack on in the name of Jesus at the end. <laughs> you declare the gospel in the earth. And that calls forth the life that's true in heaven. In the earth. And then that life will do what it do. You're not trying to do what the life does. You're trying to declare the life that does something. And once you declare the life that does something, that life is let loose and it start doing what it do. And then you stand back and like, dang. Right? And that's when, that's when you're like, man, God knows how to get down. God is in this place. The kingdom of God must have come to us. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you 
that your Holy Spirit dwells inside of us, that heaven and earth have collided in us. Thank you, Father, that your Spirit is all the time ministering the life that's in heaven to us here in the earth. Thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is bringing forth the life that is in heaven, that has now been deposited in us, that is bringing it forth out of our mouths and bringing it forth into this earth. Thank you, Father, that you've let loose your life in this earth and that your life is binding death, binding death in people's hearts, binding death in the earth. Thank you, Father, that your life has been let loose into this earth and that it's sending weakness away from people, that it's sending infirmity away from people, that it's making all things that have gotten crooked straight. Thank you, Father, that the authority to bind the strong man is found in the declaration of your life, not found in us trying to bind the strong man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Glory to God. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much.